Hey guys, welcome back to Make the Space with Ashley. It's your girl, Ash. We're here for another episode. This is episode 19. So season one of Make the Space with Ashley is coming to a close. I will end season one once I reach my 20th episode and start season two. So if you haven't caught up with the older episodes, get to it ASAP. Today, we have a very special guest very dear friend close friend of mine elo in the house how you doing elo i'm doing good how are you good i'm doing good thank you for asking i'm so excited to have you on the show elo and i we've been friends since college uh we we met at millersville university and we've been friends ever since then and it's been awesome because you know throughout our friendship we have gone like to different paths you know we've moved apart from each other but we still remain close and we did lose some contact for a while due to me you know deleting all my social media and then i think i have changed my number like once or twice and then (laughs) i finally started the podcast and i made the podcast instagram page elo and i finally got to reconnect and since then we've been like we what we literally talk like every week (laughs) yeah like like we never stop talking yeah and we just like picked up from where we left off it was like it wasn't as if we had like all that time like you know without talking to each other it was like as if we just was talking to each other the other day like i think those are the best type of friendships where you could just pick up pick up from where you left off with like no hesitation not even skipping a beat you know i feel like those types of friendships like you know like those are the real ones for sure yeah definitely i uh you know i mean people live their lives and they like you said like we go on our different paths and we do our own things and you know you you know friendship is like the real the real deal when you can go through all of that and still come back and it's like if we were still in millersville and we were neighbors again like you know i know (laughs) good times good times oh my gosh but yeah so elo is here with us today um today on the show we're gonna be talking about how mental illness can manifest manifest my words manifest itself in physical ways you know we're going to be talking about how mental illness can affect you not just mentally but physically and how that could show up and um you know elo's going to be sharing a testimony with us you know if some people are not familiar um you know some people who suffer from mental illness like myself for example uh when my depression is really bad or anxiety is bad i could get migraines i get very fatigued i get body aches um you know, those, those are probably like just the basics, but some people get really extreme, you know, cases of like illness, physical illnesses because of their mental illness. Um, but before we get into it, Elo, every time I have a guest on the show, I always have what I call a flex moment. Um, and basically it's just a time to like, just flex on us, like let the listeners know like what you about, you know, who you are, what you're doing, you know, anything that you are comfortable was sharing uh, with our listeners we would love to know a little bit more about you all right so um i'm elo uh i'm from new york i'm dominican i'm afro latina i'm proud um i love to travel like <laughs> you know this is like so i feel like i'm like uh 
like you're a professor in school and it's like it's the first day of the semester and they're like oh, tell us something interesting about yourself and like nothing interesting is coming up um <laughs> i love to travel i you know i my job thankfully um it's remote as of right now so um you know i take that as a blessing and very i try to travel and try to go to new places as much as i can you know try to find the positive in the pandemic and um that is something that i'm trying so hard to apply this year and i you know i'm very excited for to see if i can hold through with this little promise i made myself <laughs> that's awesome i think and i think you will you know i i know like just yesterday we were talking about how like you know we started talking during the pandemic and i saw like you go through like different phases of like you know like depression sadness hopelessness to like you i saw you like slowly coming out of that and like finding the positive finding the blessing celebrating those those wins no matter how big or how small they are so i think you're doing a really good job at keeping that that promise to yourself yeah you know i'm trying i'm you know i'm really trying I, this this um pandemic this panoramic however we want to call it <laughs> it it really wow it i i know that um it really took a toll on so many people and i uh, i was not spared mhm that's for sure so i was you know forced to face a lot of like traumas that i um have experienced throughout my life and that took Uh, an extremely heavy toll on me um during quarantine and i was doing quarantine like um alone for the most part um so it gave me so much time to just be in my thoughts which was both like mm-hmm. good but it's it was it, like it was hard <laughs> i bet i bet you know i always thought about like when when we had to like be quarantined and um you know be sheltered at home i mean we you know we we still do but it's not as strict as in the beginning i used to always think about that like the people that have to do this alone like you know friends that i knew were alone like cuz they didn't have like a roommate or they were living with a family member or a significant other and i can't imagine like what that is like to go through this pandemic alone like i i can't fathom that so i i commend you for your strength and your resiliency resiliency to be able to do that yeah i mean i'm so thankful for my friends and and you know my boyfriend you know for always like being there like really they held me they really held me through i'm so thankful i tell them every day like you guys have no idea how you guys saved me um so i'm extremely thankful to them you know because when things were really scary like and for i was alone basically without really contact with anybody for maybe i want to say maybe almost a month mm-hmm. and um at one point my friends my girlfriends were like man fuck a fuck a quarantine we're going to go see you girl like we miss you we can't whatever mm-hmm. like we haven't seen anybody and we're going to go spend some time with you and stuff like that and like the same with with my boyfriend you know he 
he was like, oh, you know, well, if we take the right measures, like let's hang out, whatever. And then we would just hang out all every weekend. So they really, really helped me. If they couldn't be there with me, they were always FaceTiming me, checking in on me. Like mm-hmm. my friends and my family, I love them. Love them to death. So thankful for them. And you too, you always checked up on me, Ashley. You were always texting me. You're always like, hi, how are you? How are you feeling today? Like, talk to me. What's up? You know, you always, like I always tell you, you always made me feel seen. Always. You always understand where I'm coming from with everything. Because I got you. You're my girl. You're my girl. Like, I, you know, from the moment that, you know, we became friends and we started to grow closer, like, I always told you I consider you family. And again, like, with all the time has passed and, like, all the moving we have done, you know, um, like, you went from, you know, Millersville to DR to, you know, now living in Florida, like, even with all of that like you know I've always felt close to you and I and that always stuck with me I'm like she's family you know like you could literally tomorrow pick up the phone Elo and be like oh my god Ashley I'm I'm homeless I don't have nowhere to go like um but I only have enough money to fly to PA can I come live with you and I would be like yes 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 no hesitation like I have an extra room like because I'm the type of person like if I tell you like you're my friend if I tell you like you're family to me like I mean that shit like I don't take that lightly you know 100 percent. yeah I agree I agree like to me once you're you're my family like you're my family that's it mm-hmm. that's it that's it that's it no questions asked absolutely yes but so yeah so thank you for sharing that with us elo so let's get into it um i know like elo has shared with me before like we you know i guess you could say like lean on each other like when it comes to our mental health because we we relate to each other yeah. you know um elo understands what i go through i understand what she goes through you know we we have similar struggles you know we're able to support each other in that way and um elo shared a very personal impactful story with me about her mental health in relation to her physical health and i was just honestly i was floored by it i was like wow like it was an extreme, I guess, an extreme case of your mental health affecting your physical health. Um, I want to ask Elo, you know, how, how, how did this all get started? Because I know it was kind of like a like a snowball effect, like things just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger until it you know exploded. <laughs> basically, yeah. So, like, take us back to to the beginning of it all, if you if you can. Um, well, I've always had anxiety, like ever since I was a kid. I mean, I can't to this day. I mean, I don't I don't know where to pinpoint how that started. But when my anxiety gets really bad, I have the habit of just biting my lip nonstop. I mean, I don't know if you get like that, but I just I can't stop biting my lip. Like I will go in a trance. I won't. I, I can't stop. You can pull my hand away from my, my lips so that I can't pick at them and I'll still go back like I'm in a trance. And I've always been that way since I was a kid. And that started getting progressively worse when my mother um, got sick when I was, she passed away when I was 15. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, I mean, you know the story how I have four sisters from my mom and when my mom was sick, I was the one that was still 
living at home with her so I was seeing everything firsthand mm-hmm. and um you know that was taking a toll on me and I didn't realize that it was because um I I was just doing what I normally did when I I, and I didn't even know that what I normally did was me being anxious, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I, nobody ever really spoke about it. I never really had a title for how that feeling that I always felt. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, that started happening when my mom got sick and I just, I didn't really know how to handle it. She was such a strong woman and she would always tell me um, when she was sick, I'm not really sick. I'm not sick. Look at me. I'm so healthy. Like, and if you were to talk to my mom on the phone, you would really believe that. Like, you would really think that she was okay, that she was like all put together and nothing's wrong with her, that everybody else is lying. So mm-hmm. she would always say that. And like, I guess subconsciously, like my, my subconscious knew that she wasn't telling the truth because I was progressively losing a lot of weight. The summer before my mom, um, um passed away I had gained some weight I had spent the whole summer in New York and that was the first time since I moved back um since I moved to the Dominican Republic that I was allowed to spend the whole summer back in my city and I picked out (laughs) I gained so much weight and um my I got back from New York in August and my mom passed away on November 18th 2009 Mm. and by the time I by by the time she passed away I had gotten back from from New York maybe 110 pounds or so which was the highest that I had ever been my whole life at that point Mm -hmm. and by the time she passed away I was like 87 pounds I, I couldn't eat I I I'm just when I'm anxious I get that nervous feeling like almost like butterflies and I Mm -hmm. the same feeling that I that I feel like everybody tells me they feel when they drink coffee um Mm. I would get that feeling and then I wouldn't have an appetite so that's and just so the listeners could get an idea you know because like you mentioned like your weight going from 110 to 80 something Elo is very petite you're like five what i'm like i'm five foot 1.5 so she's very petite so you know to go from 110 all the way to how much of it was exactly 81 87 87 that's that's a big that's a big 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 drop for uh you know a woman Uh, well at the time you were uh, just a girl you were just 15 you know going um 15 you know that's a big drop for like someone your size yeah yeah and i i didn't even realize it like i just i couldn't eat i couldn't and it was like but the whole time leading up to her death she was like i'm fine i'm fine and it was like i was saying yeah okay like i'm believing what she's saying but my subconscious knew better you know so i wasn't even realizing that i was getting so sick i mean like the first sign that I was getting that bad was I I had an asthma attack. And I hadn't had an asthma attack since I was two. And wow. I had one, like, maybe a few weeks before she passed away. It's like, I just, I couldn't, like, 
catch my breath it, it just felt like everything's just happening so fast you know and it was it was also after I had come to the terms of like like I had internally told myself like that's it she's not telling the truth like she's gonna die you know and it was like all that mm-hmm. like pressure like eventually I just I ended up bursting I got I got an uh an anxiety attack and then I got an asthma attack like by I was at the hospital tell me girl this is this isn't the most backwards thing ever I was at the hospital visiting my mom and then I'm telling my mom is looking at me and she's seeing that I'm not I'm not okay and she's like what's wrong and I'm like oh I can't breathe like I feel like I can't breathe like I'm breathing and the air is not going where it's supposed to go I feel like I'm like underwater almost you know mm-hmm. and so um she tells my dad like oh well, you have to take her to the hospital girl my dad left the hospital that we were already in and took me to another hospital to see my pediatrician I was like dude I can't breathe <laughs> I didn't I didn't sprain my ankle I can't breathe you know like but whatever that's some typical dad shit you know i i feel like dads men in general like they're just dumb <laughs> seriously but i was like okay whatever we were in the car we were on our way and then he decided this was all during like rush hours so like the worst time of the day oh my god and i'm in the back of the car like i can't breathe like i was i was so desperate for air that i was breaking physically like breaking the nails off of my fingernails like that's how desperate like i i just i couldn't like i felt like i was wow. like drowning you know and mm-hmm. we finally get to the hospital and my dad um you know tells the 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 doctor like oh you need i need you to see my daughter she can't breathe whatever and when she's trying to find my heartbeat she couldn't like she was i was i was i was breathing she couldn't because um she it was hard for her because she was like moving the stethoscope around because there was so much air the air wasn't going in my lungs it was completely surrounding all outside my lungs mm. and um she was like oh my god like she's suffocating and if you would have taken longer like she was going to she was not going to have enough oxygen like to her brain like she was like suffocating for real So that's a for me. They have oh to give me God. oxygen and I felt horrible because then my mom felt horrible. She was like, "Oh, she's um she's like this because of me." Da-da-da. And I'm like, "No, mom, whatever, you know, trying to calm her down." So that was the first time that I saw you know, to a certain extent how uh anxiety could take a toll on me, but again, I didn't know that that was anxiety at the moment. Mm. Mm-hmm. I I really didn't know that I like I didn't put a label to how I had been feeling my whole life until maybe oh wow like not even 4 or 5 years ago mm-hmm. like for me my whole life like that was just a feeling like I would always say when I felt the, the anxiety in my stomach I would just say like oh like I have like a feeling and it's like i couldn't mm. say what like it was a, it was it was almost frustrating because if i were to try to describe it to a doctor i almost like wouldn't be able to you know but i mean they're trained clearly to be able to tell me like yeah what you're describing is anxiety but for me to put into words right. i couldn't i i couldn't i wasn't understanding it progressively got worse clearly after my mom passed away you know that that's obviously really hard i was 15 and um that took a big toll on me like i 
I was dealing with the loss of my mother. I was having a really difficult time, like getting along with my father after my mom passed away. And I um, mm-hmm. just really was starting to feel like just like an empty um, feeling. Like when I lost my mom, I literally felt like I felt like I could breathe, but breathing felt similar to how I felt when I was breathing the time that I had the asthma attack. Mm. Like I felt like I had a hole like in my heart, you know, like I lost like literally my heart was, was there was no nothing there, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, that eventually turned into depression. I um, had a really difficult time in 10th grade like um dealing with that like just coming to terms with it and like doing everything for the first like everything after that was the first thing after my mom passed away my first birthday after my mom passed away my first prom after my mom passed away you know things like that and like i it it just was taking such a heavy toll on me and i never really i i went to to therapy but it didn't really help because I was looking I just I didn't match well with my therapist so I didn't really get help mm-hmm. I I didn't I wasn't diagnosed with with um anxiety like he didn't see me enough because I mm-hmm. I just stopped going, you know, they were asking me to do therapy with my father in the room and a lot of the stuff that I was um, depressed about had to do with him and I didn't feel comfortable to share my story with him yet, you know? So um, I never got that help. And eventually um, my dad could tell that I was depressed and he was getting concerned and he just was like, you know, you have good enough grades that you can finish high school in the states and but you can't finish high school in new york (laughs) and i'm like okay so how does that make sense because all my family is from new york i don't have family in florida i don't have family any in any of the other places that i lived i mean i lived in pennsylvania i didn't have family there and I here in Florida, I have friends that become family in every place that I go, but not not from blood. So I was like, so where where could I go? He told me at first Miami. You can go to Miami to one of his close friends. And I was like, I don't want to go to Miami. (laughs) And that was only because I didn't know anybody there. I was like, I don't want to go to Miami. I don't know anybody there. So um, I decided that I was going to go to PA with with a really close friend and um it was perfect because uh, this was you know such a a a best she was a best friend of mine and she was really close to me and we we uh wanted to live together and just be sisters and you know Mm -hmm. and that same year i also got into a relationship my first boyfriend um and I mean, if you ask me about my senior year of high school, I'll tell you still to this day, it's probably my favorite year of high school. But it's <laughs> crazy how it was my favorite year of high school just because of all of the experiences that I got to that I got from going to a, a high school in the, in the States. I loved that. 
Um, mm-hmm. But it was also the hardest year ever for me. I was having a hard time at home. I My relationship was not a good relationship. It was very toxic. And I, I felt like just so paranoid all the time like mm-hmm. like I um was always upsetting somebody and um you know like there was a lot of a lot of things going on and um I just kind of just was like pushing through it like not really paying attention to like the anxiety that I would feel I mean to this day sometimes even telling the story I start trembling just putting myself in in that place you know and um mm-hmm. I you know I I ignored like I it's not that I, I ignored myself I just was like okay what well, this is a shitty situation right now I can push through it and it, it, it can't be shitty for longer you know and mm-hmm. I did my senior year of high school I I decided that I was going to go to Millersville because I wanted to get away from um, the place in PA that I did my senior year of high school. And I wanted to um, go to to the same university as um, my ex-boyfriend. And, you know, like, like any girl that has a boyfriend in high school. I mean, people, a lot of girls decide to go on their own. But, like, a lot of girls do that. They go and they university you know so I wanted to do that too and I was so excited because um I was like oh I'm gonna have this full American university experience and that's where you know I met you guys and stuff like that and I mean you were witness to the relationship that I had and you were witness to like a lot of of the times that shit really did hit the fan Oh yeah, I mean, I I remember, you know, seeing you pick your lip toes raw, and I remember, you know, yeah, witnessing how um, abusive and toxic that relationship was, and how he would, you know, basically like manipulate you and isolate you from us at times, and it even got to the point where like the like the way that he was he would treat you he even like got comfortable with like treating the people around you like that to an extent like talking disrespectfully Mm -hmm. and just like acting out of pocket yeah like it it was it was not not a good it wasn't a good relationship it wasn't safe i don't believe there was there was love in that i mean i mean on your end for sure but definitely not on his end i you know i recall all of that yeah and um that like i felt so trapped when i was um in that relationship just because i felt so isolated back at at home Mm -hmm. and i felt like i really only had him and then you know i was blessed um one thing that i can and i'm so thankful for is i keep on saying this because now that i've like am trying now that i've been trying to uh be more positive about things um i see how 
in those times where I felt so small and so like unheard or lonely, God always finds a way to put sprinkle some dope ass friends and those in the mix <laughs> and in came you and india and all the girls from millersville and i you know you guys were always there for me like millersville was so fun um because of you guys like all the things that i got to do because you guys would always encourage me and you guys would push me to be happy and ignore that whole situation but really i felt so trapped i felt like he was the only person that can help me when i was back at home but he was also the mm. person that was hurting me the most mm. well not the most the second most <laughs> um <laughs> and uh And yeah, that was that was a hard time for me. I when I left Millersville, I I ended up leaving um PA because I just things at home got so bad and I I just felt so lonely. Like I felt mm-hmm. I felt so abandoned and lonely. Um <clears throat> in in PA that I mean and, and it wasn't because through my friends it was just like I I just you know I was I was going through it I was depressed I was I was lonely I was I was having a hard time and I just I couldn't do it anymore when I told my dad he was like well come back to DR um you can go to an uh, an American university out there and transfer your credits to FIU in Miami and I was like you know what I'm just going to do that And then the change back to DR I was when I moved back to DR I realized I still was not over because I didn't finish getting the help that I should have gotten I still wasn't over um the anger that I had with my dad like I wasn't mm-hmm. over it so I had to live with him And I mean, I'm pretty sure you know from experience. Once you move out, even if it's like you move out to live on campus, like it's kind of hard to like be all like I'm going to get home at nine o'clock at night, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. girl, you 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 don't even know what time I get home on campus. Like why are you why are you tripping? <laughs> like, you know? And I used to have these You probably out in the streets. <laughs> I was, I was, well, I was 19, like, and I, I mean, you know, I was a bookworm. I was a nerd. Like, I was really about my grades. Like, so I, when oh, I yeah. would go out, it was like, I deserved a break. Like, I really needed that break, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So I was having a hard time with my dad. I was having a hard time with his new, um, wife my my stepmom and we were just not getting along i wasn't getting along with her mostly and it was and i was having a hard time accepting like that he could move on so quickly from my mom passing mind you it's already 2000 what 13 like that mm-hmm. he could move so quickly because um she's not here anymore like almost like if if her life stopped then yours does too you know like that's not fair mm-hmm. and i know that that wasn't fair and i know that that was selfish and eventually you know like my my dad ended up having a 
a child with her and then came my baby sister and um because of the love that I had for my sister I learned to have so much love for her mother Ooh. but at first that was so hard and then it was just so much things it was like from 2009 to 2013 14 I literally felt like it was one thing after the other after the other like I was not catching a break it was like my mom died and then I was dealing with puberty in high school and then I moved to PA and then that was shitty then I go to DR and then I'm having a, a bad experience at home like there it just it was it was starting to be too much you know but um mm-hmm. but yeah i i i started getting sick i started i remember when it got really bad um i as awkward as this might seem i was um it was that time of the month and I was um cramping and I found it weird that I was cramping because I usually didn't like my mm-hmm. my when when what give me a nickname for this ash <laughs> You mean your period? <laughs> yeah, my period. Why am I being so weird about it? <laughs> we grow. We grow. My period. Your so, period. <laughs> um, I was cramping real bad, yo. Like, and I just would not. I wouldn't normally cramp. Like, I had. I have the most irregular period ever. And when I do get it, it's like a three-day situation. You know, mm-hmm. like. I was cramping so bad that my dad was like, um, okay, well, he had one of those Tylenol bottles, like the kinds that you buy at freaking BJ's and shit. Oh, damn. <laughs> and he was like, here, girl, um, when you feel cramps, um, just take two pills. And I was like, okay, seems simple enough, you know, like I can do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is how it started i would feel a cramp take two pills an hour an hour and a half later i would feel what i thought was cramps like even worse like it come back even worse the second time oh wow i would take two pills it wouldn't really go away it's just like eventually the pain kind of like would subside mhm right so i would take two pills then two pills that's four then another two pills because then afterwards i would feel pain and then at night so that i can put myself to sleep because the pain was just so unbearable i would take two advil pms oh i did that for 3 days and um i by the third day I went to visit my my cousin who had just recently like she had just recently had a child and she was like oh girl you know like I just had a baby can I can you leave me some Tylenol because I'm about to get that heavy heavy you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and um I was like okay hold up before cuz I'm all being like a responsible cousin and shit I was like let me read if you can even take this cuz you're breastfeeding and I'm reading the back and it says do not take more than 6 a day 
<laughs> could oh, lead to kidney or liver um, failure. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I played myself, girl. And I had oh. just taken my sixth pill of the day mm. at that point. And that was day three of mm-hmm. me being Um, And I was like, fuck, like, I, I don't fucked up, you know, like, that's, this is the pain. I, my kidneys, I'm going to need new ones because I fucked it up. No. <laughs> and um, I go home and I'm there, I'm hanging out with my dad and my little sister and my, my stepmother, whatever. And I start getting the pain again. And I tell my dad, I'm like, dad, um, I think, I think, I don't think this is cramps anymore. Because at, the, at that body, mm-hmm. I didn't really even have my period anymore. I was, I told him, I was like, I don't think this is cramps anymore. I think you should take me to the doctor. Because um, I think I fucked up my, my kidneys. And he was like, nah, girl, um, take two more. <laughs> Oh my god. He goes like take two more and I was like no puppy I I think it's it's serious like I really think and he's like no 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 take two more. And I was oh like, my god, he's trying to kill you. And he was like take two more and if you still don't feel good then I'll take you to the hospital. And I was like okay. So I go to my room and like a fucking idiot I take two more. <laughs> and when I'm telling you, Ash, that the pain came back and it literally felt like hell revived itself in my stomach. Oh, my God. I, my stomach, I felt like my stomach was on fire. And um, I go and I'm at this point, like in so much pain that I can't, I can't walk anymore. Like I literally physically cannot walk. I'm hunched over. And the only way that I can get to my dad is by literally dragging myself on the floor because I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't get up. I was that night talking to um, a friend and I was like, I have to hang up the phone. Girl, I have to hang up because I feel like I'm gonna die. And like, I need, I need to tell my dad. And you want to know what my dad did? Girl, he has insomnia. So I, I guess he, I'm not sure if he took his sleeping pills or what, or what was up with that. But I was like, dad, I'm in pain. Like, I need you to take me to the hospital. And this guy was not waking up, girl. He wasn't waking up. Oh my God. I was like, oh no. Oh no, no. Like I, I crawled my ass back to my room and I was like, that's it. I'm going to have to dial 911 to come. And then I realized that at that point, 911 was not in the Dominican Republic. Girl, I was, I, and then I lost it. Like, my sister called me Erica. Mm-hmm. And she, thank God. And it was such a random time for her to call me. It was like, that was God. Because it was like 2 o'clock in the morning when she called. That was not a, a usual time, you know? Mm-hmm. And she calls, and I pick up the phone, and I don't even say hello. I'm screaming at the top of my lungs because I just, I can't take the pain anymore. Like, it just, it hurts so bad. And I'm screaming and she's like, oh my God, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I'm in so much pain. Like my stomach hurts so bad. Like my dad, she, she's like, why don't you tell dad to take you to the hospital? I'm like, he doesn't want to take me to the hospital. He ignored me. And so she was like, what? So she hangs up and she calls him. She curses him out. And then he comes to the room and he's like, okay, okay, fine. I'll take you to the hospital. Like if I'm like, oh my God, dramatic. And I was like, my guy, I'm 
I am I'm here by the grace of God right now because I'm I'm in so much pain. So we get to the hospital and as soon as he parks, girl, I vomit and I vomit blood. Oh my god. And we go in and he's being so nonchalant like he really thought that it was cramps up until that point. That's why he was acting so like, oh no, this is oh not that serious. This is why I say men are dumb, stupid is forever. Yes. <laughs> So he's like, um, he's like, he goes up to the, to the girl and I'm like there, I'm crying. Like, I'm like, like, I'm, I look like I'm crazy. Like I'm heaving. I'm like, my eyes are bulging out. Like I can't, I can't. And, um, he's like, she's like, why are you guys here? And he's like, this girl, she has cramps. Oh my god. Girl, that set me off. Like it was like two in the morning in the emergency room and at the top of my lungs I'm like, it's not fucking cramps. Like <sighs> and she was like shunned. Like she was like stunned. She 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 couldn't believe it. She was like, Oh my god, she's like, Where where do you feel the pain? And I'm like, I feel it up here. And then he looks at him and with like this like serious look and she's like, That's not a cramp. And then she asked me like what happened and I told her girl it was three days i took 30 pills by mistake oh my god and they were like oh my god we have to pump your stomach like you for sure have to have some type of damage that's way too much in such a short period of time and i had no idea like that that would have harmed me like that was completely unintentional like it had nothing to do with like at that point i was really anxious but i wasn't like suicidal anymore you know Mm mm-hmm so it wasn't like I did that on purpose I genuinely like as stupid as it sounds like I genuinely just blindly believed my dad when he was like yeah just take one take two every time you feel the pain like I didn't even question it for some reason right so um they gave me some medicine and it literally felt like (laughs) it felt like I was freaking turning you remember in twilight when bella's turning into a vampire and she's like in pain yeah like it felt like that like that that oh my God. running through me like it burned so bad like it it was it was so horrible like i was kicking and screaming like they had to tie my feet and my hands because i couldn't stop moving and it was so painful like it burned so much my whole body would be trembling and that's that's the only thing that they could get me to calm me down and it would only calm me down for like an an hour or two and then the pain mm-hmm. would come back. And I was like that for almost a year. But it was just the worst at the beginning when we didn't know what it was. And nobody knew what was wrong with me. Like they would do they did an endoscopy and they were like, Well, she has ulcers because of the pills that she took, but um you know, she the, the signs that she's showing is excruciating pain. And her ulcers, we've got them under control. So they shouldn't be really that. Mm-hmm. And the one thing they always kept on asking me was, have you ever been pregnant? Which was annoying because my doctors were my dad's friends as well. Oh, wow. And they're like, have you ever been pregnant? So after a while, I was like, I'm not answering that if he's in the room. Like... Which only made me look suspicious, but I'd be like, no, I wasn't. But stop asking me questions in front of him because he's not supposed to be hearing none of this. 
Mm-hmm. And so, whatever, they kept on asking me, are you pregnant? Have you been pregnant? Have you had an abortion? All these stuff, all these things. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, I've never been pregnant. I've never had an abortion. So they were like, they just asked it and then they wouldn't keep on pressing me about it. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point, Ash, where I literally, like, I was afraid to even eat food because everything I would eat would cause me pain. and at first so they diagnosed me with gastritis and um they i i also had the bacteria i believe it's an h pylori which Mm -hmm. made that whole experience even like 10 times worse and Mm -hmm. um and yeah i they diagnosed me with the gastritis they told me i can't eat sour foods and you know how much i like sour foods like i can eat a lemon like yes i've seen it <laughs> yes you know like i love sour foods and they're I, they're like you can't eat tomatoes you can't eat strawberries and i'm like that's that's bullshit because i literally was eating that not even a week before you know like type shit before mm-hmm. i started feeling sick and stuff like it can't be the, the things that i eat or the way that i because they're like oh you also have gastritis because you don't eat enough during the day and I'm like, it can't be that because the way that I eat has been the way that I've eaten my whole life. Like, right. Like that has never changed. So why is it now an issue? Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, whatever. I'm, I'm not really understanding what's going on with me. And I got to the point that I remember one day I was at my house and I got, I felt so much pain that literally like I had to be carried out of the house and into the hospital. Like I was passed out. And at that point, my sister Erica was there and they admitted me to the hospital and they're doing all these tests and stuff. And I'm, I'm there. Erica decides to stay with me. My dad goes home and the doctor comes in the next morning and he's like, okay, do you want your sister in the room or not? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, yeah, my sister can be in the room. I don't care. <laughs> and then um, he's like, all right, um, I'm going to need you to be straight up with me. Did you have an abortion? Have you ever been pregnant before? And I told him, I was like, I've never been pregnant in my life. Like, I've never had an abortion. And they're like, well, he, he was like, well, if that's never happened then I don't know what to tell you because you are coming in in so much pain that you're passing out but all of your tests say that you're fine Mm -hmm. like you are in excruciating pain like you're sweating from how much pain you're in and your blood pressure is rising but your tests are saying that you're fine it's not your ulcers Mm -hmm. We did the, the the endoscopy. We checked. It's not that. You're taking the medication. You're following everything. And you're still feeling so much pain. So he says, if, it's, if you never had an abortion before, then I'm going to have to, you know, recommend that you visit, that you go to a psychiatrist. Because this is not a physical situation anymore. This is mental. You are mm-hmm. so overwhelmed by something that you're literally destroying your body and if you cannot learn how to control that you can even eventually get stomach cancer like you are destroying yourself just just with your mind wow he told you that like that well 
in Dominican, you know, like, well, <laughs> you know, I know, in Dominican, like, but that's like, a whole that's, ass language, like, but yeah. Right, right, facts, facts, but, like, he, he dead ass said that, like, you're, you're, like, it's all mental, like, this is a mental situation, and you're so overwhelmed that, like, you're making yourself this sick, like, he said all of that to you. Yeah, and it was like, wow, wow. I would have never thought that, I would have never thought that all these things that I've been feeling for years was gonna manifest like it was gonna get to a point where just like psychologically I couldn't take it anymore and and I honestly mm-hmm. felt like I was at that point but I was just like okay I have to keep on pushing because what else is there you know like mm-hmm. I can't get stuck in this forever like I have to move on and after that I had to just retrain my mind on you know because i still get anxious now wait but did you ever um visit the psychiatrist like he said no girl i didn't i to this day you know i mean you were helping me just the other day like um find like uh um a doctor that i can con- can you know go consecutively but mm-hmm. i know and i believe that it was psychological because I'm better now, you know, like, and I have anxiety still, but like, it's what I was gonna um, say um, just a bit, a little bit ago that I had to like retrain my mind on how mm-hmm. it deals with anxiety. Mm. And that was really hard for me. I mean, I'm still learning and I still like fuck up sometimes and go back to like where it's taking a toll physically. I mean, you saw that, and I mean, my friends saw that in the the change that i would have physically in the matter of days of them not seeing me Mm -hmm. um i it was starting to take a toll like quarantine like i said was starting to take a a toll on me and i just i couldn't bring myself to i was reverting back to 15 year old me where i was eating and i i was just crying all the time and I was sad all the time and I just like isolated myself from everybody just to try to kind of like find a way to cope with like me dealing with all this all this trauma from 2009 to 2014 was Mm -hmm. kind of like dropped on my lap in 2020 because I had all this time to think about that right so you learn to better, you know, you like retrain your your mind to better manage your anxiety. And since like what are some things that you've done that and since doing that have you experienced these extreme um, you know, stomach cramps that you know was previously diagnosed as gastritis? So well, I was lucky enough that when I was diagnosed with gastritis, my I had a uh, some few of my close friends were starting their career in medicine. So every time I would have pain, they would always like they would be like, "Oh, here, like a quick solution, or drink some milk, or do something," you know, like, and they would help me feel better at the moment. But mm-hmm. I kind of like had to learn how to really find my breath and do breathing exercises when I would Mm -hmm. start feeling the pain I would Mm -hmm. um have to lay on the ground and just kind of like put a heating pad and a bottle of water that I can roll on and just kind of roll on my stomach on the floor 
Mm. and just have that pressure kind of like something just kind of pushing my stomach in that's the only way that I could like sometimes it would have to be my phone like I would just have to press my phone on my stomach like just push it in like mm. to, to try to kind of like still to this day when I, if I feel the pain that's still that's literally how I kind of like chase it away like I'm doing breathing exercises but I'm also pushing like my stomach in with like an object either uh, like I said rolling on a bottle of water or something like that <clears throat> just because mm-hmm. I'm trying to um feel the bottle rolling or the pressure of the of the thing that I'm pushing inside more than the actual pain until my mind kind of like forgets about mm-hmm. the pain um but but yeah that was the most horrible thing that had ever happened to me I mean like physically I I literally would say that all the time I was like I don't wish this on anybody like I don't even know how I can get better like and it it took it took this year I mean this past year for me to to kind of like since I never went to a psychiatrist and I never really went to a therapist and got the help that I knew that I needed um it 2020 forced me to kind of like it was kind of like I had to drag myself through the dirt you know like the whole caterpillar turning into a butterfly kind of thing Mm -hmm. um to like try to understand myself a little bit better I still think Mm -hmm. I and I mean you know this I still want to to get help and and find a doctor and you know heal properly Mm -hmm. um but I had to kind of like until then I had to kind of like force myself to find some of my triggers you know because I'm like I have to what was causing me so much sadness in 2020 I was like I need to pinpoint these triggers so that I know you're getting triggered now you need to you need to take action you need to put your guard up you know like be prepared it's happening Mm -hmm. you know um right and it took 2020 uh, it took 2020 to like it had to happen the way that it happened because now like i understand a little bit better what some of my triggers are it doesn't mean that they're not my triggers anymore they're still my triggers i just know that they're my triggers now you know um like I said I'm so thankful for like my my boyfriend and my friends because when I I get in those dark places that I still do um they 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 just listen Mm -hmm. and they don't make me feel like oh you're being dramatic or like you need to you just need to stop stressing like you know they never they never um they never make me feel like that you know like they're they always make me feel like so loved and understood you know and my my coping mechanism is that i just sometimes like this is just how i cope with things i have to kind of like close myself off process what i'm going through and then i feel okay to talk about it so for a very long time Mm -hmm. during quarantine when i was getting progressively and progressively more depressed and more like sunken into this dark place i 
for I was feeling that way for a while without having even communicated that to anybody. Mm-hmm. And talking about it once I processed it also has helped me heal a little bit, you know? Like I'm like mm-hmm. kind of putting the rubbing alcohol on the wounds to start cleaning it, you know? That's mm-hmm. what it feels like. So, yeah, I mean like that that that's my my story. I mean, I'm still trying. I'm, you know that I I'm struggling still with my weight because I lost so much weight from last year last year alone. Like I dropped a good like 25 pounds. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying as hard as I can to like get back to to the weight that I was because I felt very happy at that weight and you know you know girl want to look good <laughs> um but yeah that that was that was my my testimony like i it really took it's crazy how little like at that point you know cuz i didn't know that i had anxiety and i didn't know what to label that feeling mhm i um it took for a doctor to tell me like girl you got anxiety you need to chill out like you're black <laughs> like he's like yeah i mean it took you throwing up blood and being in excruciating debilitating pain to to like have like that light bulb go off like hey like it's this is anxiety even after like all the tests and everything and them still finding that okay other than those you know those ulcers that we have under control like you're healthy so what is this what is this what's going on and you know to find out like it's your anxiety is something that when you think about like you said like all the way to when you were a kid like something that you have been suffering from since you know your childhood like when it, when you were like picking at your lips and your weight fluctuating you know like that that's that's extreme like i could i i could, i can't say i've ever been through anything that extreme where like my mental health like landed me in the hospital um because of like physical pain or sickness yeah i mean i just i don't know cuz i remember when we were in millersville i remember you telling me you know that you were sad and and that you know about your your suicide attempts and stuff like that and um i i i i don't know why i felt like yeah like i know what you're i i think i get what you're feeling but at the same time i don't know i guess it kind of just felt like yeah no that i i'm i i always try to be as a happy go lucky or like happy kind of person that it, it almost feels like no that's not happening to me you know like like mm-hmm. i'm not anxious like you got this you know like and mm-hmm. i was kind of just ignoring myself it was like my body when i moved back to dr and i was dealing with that situation with my dad and my stepmom and trying to get over like what happened the past 2 years and in, in PA and even still coming to terms with the death of my mom of my mother like um through all of that like 
I just kept on telling myself, like, push through it, like, whatever, you just gotta get to the end of it so that you don't have to feel it without even really giving myself time to, like, heal. Mm-hmm. So. And, and that happens, you know, when, when we don't listen to our bodies, you know, like, the mental and the physical aspect of our bodies, like, it starts to build up and then like what, what exactly happened to you like it can manifest in physical outwardly ways you know where you know you're losing weight you know you develop these extreme cramps some people you know they um can't sleep they develop insomnia or they have migraines or they have aches and pains for no reason or they develop acne you know if you're not addressing you know your mental illness the anxiety you're experiencing the depression the the overwhelming stress you know it basically like comes pouring out of your body in different ways and like you may think that oh it's my period or oh i'm just i just need um more rest or you know you may think that it's a simple easy fix when it's really you know much much more deeper than that I want to ask you, you know, you said that, you know, you want to start, you know, seeing a doctor, you know, I know like in, you know, our conversations, you mentioned like you want to see a psychiatrist so you could get formally diagnosed and a therapist and all that. And right now, um, I know, you know, Elo, she just moved to Tampa and I'm helping her, even though I don't live in Tampa, in my current position, I work in the hospital where I help patients get, um, you know, I guess you could say reduced to free healthcare within our hospital. And I know how insurances work and, you know, I just know how to navigate through all that stuff. So right now I'm helping Elo find a um, healthcare network that accepts her insurance where she could have, where it's basically like a one-stop shop. She can have a primary care provider through this network. She can have a uh, psychiatrist, a therapist, uh, OBGYN, like all the things that she would need all in one healthcare network right there in Tampa. Um, what I want to ask, Elo, you know, since you're going to be, you know, continuing your, your mental health journey with getting, uh, getting in with a psychiatrist, getting in with a therapist in 2021, like, what are you most looking forward to in this new chapter in your mental health journey with, you know, finally, well, soon to be getting, you know, the professional help that you knew that you always needed. What are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to, like, getting to really know myself and, like, the things that are, like, going on in my mind and, like, understanding it better, you know? Like, understanding my feelings Mm -hmm. and putting them into, putting, uh, giving them a name so that I can heal, you know? Like, I just... I'm, I'm looking forward to healing like I'm looking forward to being how I I optimistic and happy how I used to feel before you know like and I feel like I'm on the right way I mean you said it yourself like you've seen the change and stuff and I I feel happy I, I I'm just eager to be able to understand it you know so I can just pinpoint my triggers and know like sometimes you just can't avoid certain triggers you know and Mm -hmm. but there's power in like learning what they are because then I know how to mentally prepare myself instead of just thrusting myself into a trigger situation you know 
So right. I'm looking forward to that. I Yeah, I think that's beautiful. Like basically like taking your power back and you know getting to know yourself a little bit more and i think you know when you get to know yourself a little bit more like you'll you'll get more comfortable with yourself as well and you know more comfortable in you know knowing that okay i may have x y and z but it doesn't define me and it, those are not limitations you know it's it's just you know one you know it's just one thing that I deal with in life, but it's not who you who you are, you know. If there's one piece of advice, you know, if, if there's someone listening to this right now who suffers from any sort of mental illness that it's manifesting in physical ways, you know, whether it's something like acne or insomnia or even, you know, something extreme like, you know, your gastritis, what is a piece of advice that you would lend to them? you know, to that person. Hmm. I, um, I feel like I would suggest that people find, um, protect your space, um, and find people who, who help you grow and, you know, help you feel like, they they're like in when you're lost in the fog they're your lighthouse you know like they can always bring you back and somebody that can like just ground you and tell you listen like i know it feels like the world is exploding right now but like just focus you know like we we got this you're not alone you like it's okay to need people's help and it doesn't make you weak um to to come to terms with the fact that you have a mental illness like it gives you power once you accept that you have it because then you know that you can get the help that you need absolutely i think that was well said yes i agree it's very important to have a good uh support system no matter how big or how small it is definitely surround yourself with those that will support you that will be there for you um and you know no no make it a, a safe a safe space for you to just be and you know make it a judgment-free zone i think that was that's a really good piece of advice well i just want to thank you so much again for coming on and sharing your story i mean like i said the first time that you told me this you know that all of these you know um you know stints in the hospital and all this pain that you was experiencing led was leading up to you finding out that it was you know your anxiety you know when that doctor finally talked to you i know like the first time i heard it i was shocked and uh, i really wanted Ela to come on the show and share it because i feel like a lot of times people when they hear things like depression and anxiety or um you know maybe like bipolar you know any type of mental illness you know they think oh it's just all in your head just be happy just even, be positive not, like, not even be that people think that naturally like if you feel that way you're just always sad but i mean you saw me i was a high functioning depressed ass bitch <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. i was always out and about i always had a smile on my face you know in millersville like you would have mm-hmm. never known that I was going through what I was going through when we were in college, you know? 
unless I would have spoken to right. you. So even the people that you think are so happy, you know, just check in on them too. Like everybody needs to be checked in on, especially during these hard times, because even the strong ones, like this, it's rough out here, you know. So absolutely, and like your testimony shows that mental illness is not all in your head you know mental illness can affect not just the mind but the physical body if it's not taken care of you know um in a timely manner you know uh, and i think you sharing that will open some it will probably open some people's eyes you know because a lot of people think that mental illness isn't a real thing you know it's it's if someone breaks their leg you know it's treated right away it's taken seriously but if you tell someone that you've been feeling more sad than usual or you know you're paranoid or you know you're hearing voices they should they may they may look at you and and think that you're you're weird or you're you're you know it's just in your head or you know you'll get over it it'll pass you know but so you sharing your story shows if further further shows that you know mental illness is a real thing and something to be taken yeah, seriously absolutely absolutely like if anything i feel like all these experiences just kind of like i I try, for example, all the time to have conversations with, like, my nieces and my nephews and tell them, like, well, you know, you can, you, I know that I'm your aunt (laughs) and that I'm supposed to be, like, um, on, on the mom's side. And I am, obviously, always, uh, want to support my siblings, but sometimes teenagers want things to stay private, you know, and I tell them, you know, you always have a safe space to talk to me if you feel sad if you feel confused about anything like um you guys can always turn to me and i i want to be your friends because i know what it's like to feel unheard or to feel lost and to feel like so lonely you know and yeah i think that's awesome that you do that for them I love it. I'm always like, I'm the cool aunt. <laughs> I'm not just a normal aunt. I'm the cool yeah. aunt. And then I got away with um, my, my, because you know, all my nieces and nephews, they live like in New York and stuff. So I barely see them because I'm the one that's like been moving around the most for my siblings. And um, like a Christmas or so ago, they they were like, oh my God, yeah, you, um, Elo is, is cooler than Erica. And I was like, What? Say it louder for the people in the background because <laughs> this is just it's it was it was the best I loved hearing that so I love that they see me that way and I love that I can do that for them and that I you know it's almost like a blessing in disguise because I feel like I can relate if you know if they are sad if they're confused and stuff like that and also because I've gone through the things that I've gone through I also help my sisters be able to relate to them mm. So, that's awesome yeah. yeah you definitely are the cool aunt <laughs> i would agree with them 
the cool, smart, beautiful, empathetic, sweet, kind oh aunt. That's gosh. who you are. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. I, I, I thank you again, once again, just for coming and sharing your story. I know it wasn't easy for you, but I do hope that this was therapeutic in a way for you to talk about it. And I hope it was um, empowering. And I just want you to know that you sharing your story today, you are definitely going to be helping our, our listeners. So. And I thank you, Ashley. I tell you this all the time. You have no idea how much this podcast is like, how impactful it is. I mean, I've sat through episodes and cried my eyes out, like hearing your podcast. So it's definitely, you know, um, it, it hits it hits the nerves it has to hit like for for you to feel like you're not the only person going through these this these feelings or feeling those those things that that you feel and i really appreciate and thank you so much for creating a space like this thank you for saying that i really appreciate that like that is the goal of this podcasting you know creating a safe space not just for myself to talk about my mental health journey or to you know do my best to educate people but for people like yourself to come on the show and share a piece of your mental health journey um so i thank you for that and i i hope i I hope my listeners feel the same way you know um i know that someone out there listening is benefiting from this podcast you know i i would have never thought that anyone would give a shit about what i had to say no no no. you you really you're 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 touching like you're you're touching lives and you have no idea you know the effect that the positive effect that this could possibly have for somebody even if you ever think that this isn't worth doing it's absolutely worth doing i mean i'm just one person and your episodes have made me cry which clearly means that i can relate to that feeling of whoever was featured in the episode you know or and i mean i love it so just for that sake i'm your number one fan girl you can't stop the podcast (laughs) i love it so i can't wait for the future episode well thank you thank you well i'm i'm definitely i'm not gonna stop so i appreciate that so again thank you for coming on and you're always welcome on the show uh so again this is make the space with ashley thank you guys for tuning in again and until next time take care and god bless you all